that which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Good morning, good morning to all you listeners out there in Real Presence Radio Land. It's time once again for Real Presence Live, and your hosts today are the ever-lovely and popular Doreen Canelli, my wife. Good morning. And her husband. Doreen, why don't you introduce your husband? <laughs> <laughs> my That's <very> me. <laughs> handsome and clever husband, Jack Canelli. And we're, we're happy to have you all with us today. It's a, it's a nice day in Fargo. I think we maybe broke the back of the, our last heat wave. I think the high today is only in the lower 80s, so we're doing okay. And uh, we've got a wonderful show. We're looking, really looking forward to it. We have... Nancy Gord, who's going to talk to us about reading to children and passing down stories. We've got Steve Weidenkopf, our kind of uh, non-resident but often uh, a guest historian. And we're talking about uh, Saints John Fisher and uh, Thomas Moore. And we've got John and Barb Swaygarden to talk about prayers and miracles. We, we had them on once before, but there was so much to do, we, we, we asked them to come back again so they can kind of continue with the you know, the stories of the miracles and their prayers in their lives. And then we also have Mark and Carrie Sorensen to talk about the annulment process. And I think you're going to enjoy that because they're coming to it from a, you know, a, a personal perspective. And so we're, we're looking forward to that. But uh, before we get on with any further into the program, let's start with a prayer. And I've taken this from uh, the, the opening prayers for today's Mass. Let's begin in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The souls of the saints are rejoicing in heaven. The saints who followed the footsteps of Christ, and since for love of him they shed their blood, they now exalt with Christ forever. O God, who in martyrdom have brought true faith to its highest expression, graciously grant that, strengthened through the intercession of Saints John Fisher and Thomas More, we may confirm by the witness of our life the faith we profess with our lips, through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. You know, and I think the uh, prayer to the martyrs is kind of current right now, too, because as I was listening to Father Mitch Pacwa on the way here, he was talking about an elderly couple who were uh, praying and counseling in front of an abortion clinic and just got beat up by a young guy. Mm. And it's kind of like there is a martyrdom going on right now. Uh, you know, nobody has necessarily died, but in that case, they have shed their blood. In other parts of the world, there is actually well, the shedding of blood. Yes. Christians dying for their faith. Right, as well. yeah. Um, yeah. You know, as you were praying that, and on the way over here, Nancy, um, I thought it would be maybe a beautiful thing to dedicate this segment to two friends of ours who just recently yes. died who are passionate about mm -hmm. literature and reading and passing it on. And that would be Betty Morgan and Jan Nowatsky, who are both dear friends of ours. Absolutely. And they're both founders of the Holy Spirit Church Book Club. Yes, that's right. Mm -hmm. yes. 
Why don't you introduce this Nancy that right. you're talking to? <laughs> well, Nancy is a. Fam- well, I did mention her name. <laughs> yes, is a familiar and wonderful guest on Real Presence Live with her love for literature and passing it on. And um, Nancy and I go way back to having two of our, th- each of us, two of our three children in the same class, starting from Holy Spirit, going through Shanley, and um, and then a career of teaching mm-hmm. together. Uh, we shared the subject of language arts, which mm-hmm. I learned much from Nancy. And um, and so I'm just thrilled to be in the studio with this dear friend and um, can't wait to hear what she has to share with the rest of us. Yes. And I'm delighted to be here as well. <laughs> so please introduce yourself. <laughs> yeah. If I didn't take all of your, yeah. <laughs> your yes, thunder. Let's get past this okay. mutual admiration <laughs> yeah. society stuff here. And move on. Okay. Yes. Well, I am a retired language arts and Spanish teacher, and I taught in the Fargo Catholic Schools for 24 years. I'm a member of Holy Spirit Parish, married with three children and four grandchildren. I'm a teacher consultant for the Red River Valley Writing Project, a member of the Fine Arts Club and Fargo Retired Teachers Association, And I participate in the Literary Lane radio segments, monthly discussions here on Real Presence Radio with Fathers Gross, Leffer, and Slattery. I am a dedicated grammarian. (laughs) And lastly, I have been a bibliophile for as far back as I have memory. So when you tell your kids, watch your talk, it was a more expansive definition than most of us would uh, use, or expansive <laughs> yes, use of the yes, term. Yes, with full explanations of all the grammar rules. <laughs> right. But we need order in our lives, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and that is one thing that definitely needs order is our is our language. So, yeah, yeah, which seems to be going further and further. <laughs> from into, reality? In, yeah, from reality. Yes, but, yes. but that's not our topic today. That's right. right. Go ahead, Doreen. Yes. yes, so the topic that we're going to delve into is um, the importance and benefit of reading the same literature that your children and grandchildren read. So, Nancy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, there are so many reasons to do this. So to answer the question why, first of all, you want to plant those seeds of reading as a positive and shared experience. You know, and it's a way to examine the world and its possibilities and to understand and contemplate the human experience together from different age perspectives, a grandparent and a grandchild, a parent and a child. And also, we want to celebrate the good we find in characters. And I think what makes a story good and worthwhile and transcendent is that we find Christ in those stories. And we need to share those with young people who are struggling in a variety of ways so that they can understand not only the joy in being human, but the resiliency that human beings have to rebound from disappointment or loss, and to do that together, and to express how we feel about the stories, and to do it in common. Uh, People love great stories. Well, Jesus himself taught Mm -hmm. um, through that method of telling stories. 
You know, as you were saying that, Nancy, it made me think about there seemed to be um, within the genre of religious, let's say, movies, and I think it applies mm-hmm. to literature too. There's the the very um, what do I want to say? Like uh, kind of. I don't mean this negative, but there's sort of the Christian movie that's sort of in your face, Christian. You mean and very overt. Very overt, mm-hmm. thank you. And then there there are those movies that engage you and help you um, see and find Christ in the people, and perhaps without his name even being mentioned. And I think Tolkien, you know, was a mm-hmm. master of that. Yeah. Right, and even in... in contemporary stories we just see a small self-sacrifice made to make things better for another person we can see sibling support we can see friends supporting each other uh and and not as like you said in a very dramatic overt way but something that we discover for ourselves and then share with that other person right it's a revelation to us Mm -hmm. um before we came on the air um Jack was sharing a conversation he had with our 20-year-old grandson last night that kind of speaks to this and how reading has um, been an influence in his life. Well, that, yeah, that was really dramatic when he, mm-hmm. you know, he basically mm-hmm. what he had said, uh, you know, as far as the big takeaway, he said that, uh, you know, reading you know, it, with you know, he and I would read over the phone because and talk they, about books. Lives, yeah, excuse me. He lives in California. Yeah. And in order to keep a relationship alive and well between grandfather and grandson, they chose to read some books together. Mm-hmm. And it, 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 he said it kind of, it got him interested in reading, and he's become quite a reader. And he said uh, it's probably the reason he doesn't drink or do drugs because it gave him something to do. You know. Because he, th- he figured, you know, if I was not doing anything, you know, if I was just hanging out with my friend, well, that's kind of what they do. And, and he thought, no, this kind of kept me from that. Right. And then he also said it gave him, um, ex- he, he wanted to visit with you more on the phone because he wanted to talk about what he had read with you. And he, that was part of the conversation. He was on speakerphone, so I... <laughs> Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. No, it is the shared experience. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so true of all humans. When we hear a good story, we want to repeat it. When we read a great book, we want to share it with other people. But I've said to you before, Doreen, that having a book with you is like having a friend. You're never alone. And just like we want to su- surround ourselves with good people, good friends, we want to surround ourselves with good books mm-hmm. because they're companions as well. Right, and they and they become lifelong companions because of the influence that they've had in our lives. Mm-hmm. Yes. Definitely, yes. and I I do know that it never fails when I ask, particularly my oldest grandchild, what she would like for her birthday. She always says, "Oh, send me a good book." Oh, beautiful! <laughs> <laughs> and your and your heart soars. <laughs> yeah. Right, right, yeah. and it it is important to plant those seeds because I think mm-hmm. we've also shared the fact that they may not come into fruition right away. You may not see your children reading when they're ten years old, even eighteen, but all of a sudden it seems time flies, and they're forty, and they've turned into people who have gravitated toward good works. Mm-hmm. And it's just almost surprising when they bring up a title they've just finished. Mm-hmm. Because you thought 
you'd be fortunate to see them reading the sports section. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, and I, we both have sons right? that Absolutely. are witness to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Well, I have, to, I have to explain, too, that reading with my grandson, it wasn't always, you know, hey, Grandpa, great to have you on the phone. Let's go. Uh, you know, I used to have to kind of call and say, well, James, did you read this? Did you read your book yet? And I could always tell when there was a good book that he really liked because he was always about two days ahead of me. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. right. Yes. And, and um, a couple, well, I think it was last summer, our granddaughters in Bismarck and I read some books together. And I was getting some uh, wisdom from them yesterday. And I said, you know, would you recommend to a friend to do something like reading with their grandparents, and they said um, that they would. And I said, well, what would you say? And, and their comment was that um, it's fun, and it, um, it gives you an experience that you can share, and it teaches you lessons. So in a child's language, mm-hmm. that kind of restates what you just said to us. Yeah. Well, and a, another thing, too, just practically speaking, Book time is a pastime that fills the hours Mm -hmm. as well. And it quiets the spirit oftentimes. And just expeditions to the library or to the bookstore. All of my three children had library cards when they were little more than toddlers. And just their little tote bags and looking through picture books and selecting a few and then hand and I'd have to lift them up mm-hmm. so they could give the card to the librarians. And uh, there's just that. It was every week. And it was just our outing, the reading time at the library, the book selection, the bringing them home, them spreading them out. And then later to share them in a quiet, kind of intimate environment. I mean, it was one of the pleasures of my life. And I hope it. I hope they remember it the same way. Oh, I'm quite sure that they do. And it, it makes me think of how we even have a term called bedtime stories yes. or a, a, a you know a selection of stories. And because of what you just said, it calms the soul and mm-hmm. and prepares you for rest in a way. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And you can do this, you know, like I did with uh, our grandson over the phone. Yes, mm-hmm. you know, just have the same book. Right, mm-hmm. and, and these days there are video chats, you can journal, you can share, you can write letters. Okay, well we're talking with Nancy Gord and we're talking about uh, the benefits and blessings of reading with your children and your grandchildren, but we're coming up on a break. And so you're listening to Real Presence Live with Jack and Dreen Kennelly as your hosts. And stay with us, we have uh, more of our interesting discussion with Nancy after the break. And so stay with us. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. This is Lavinia Spirito for Catholic Way Bible Study. In his letter to Ephesus, an ancient city renowned for its occult practices, Paul states a fundamental truth about conflict. No matter how evil the human being on the other side appears, he or she is just a pawn of evil. Once we realize this, our whole approach to conflict changes. 
Our true adversaries are fallen spiritual principalities and powers, rulers of this present darkness, the hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Spiritual evil is addressed through spiritual warfare. And as church militant on earth, we don the whole armor of God. We gird ourselves with truth. We wear the breastplate of righteous behavior and the shoes of peace. We use the shield of faith and the helmet of salvation and wield the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And we stand firm on the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Catholic Way Bible Study. Peace, power, purpose. Find out more at cwbs.org. I think it was was my sophomore year of college that Focus showed up to the campus. And I still remember after one of the Sunday Masses, uh, one of the missionaries came up to me and was like, Hey, you, not knowing who I am, saying, do you want to be in a Bible study? And I'm like, no. And he's like, okay, well, that's great. Uh, you can sign your name up anyway, and maybe you'll change your mind later. I'm like, excuse me, I don't think you get this. No, I don't. <laughs> like the next day, he shows up in my dorm room. And he's like, Our, so we're meeting tomorrow night. Can't wait to see you there. Okay, so that was the beginning. <laughs> that's the beginning of my... Then I, you know, I show up at the study, and I realize it's like, okay, uh, these are just ordinary guys. You know, guys that maybe they themselves are not quite sure why they're there. And I think that's what God often asks for us is just, even if we don't want to open the door all the way or if we're skeptical or a little bit like, God, I'm not sure what's going on here. I don't, I don't like this. But God's like, okay, I can work with that. But just give me a little bit. So that's what I did. So... You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back, radio listeners. I'm happy to welcome you back. We're in the middle of a great discussion about the importance of reading the same books that your children and grandchildren read. We've got Nancy Gord, dear friend, in the studio today. And she has just covered why. And as we moved into our break, we were talking about a little bit about bedtime. And um, and so we're gonna we're gonna con- we're gonna come in with that uh, the appropriateness of reading at bedtime uh, with others, and then that will lead us into how do you do this? How do you engage the young person in your life in literature? So Nancy. Well, when you look at reading as an experience, it should encompass the visual, the auditory, the tactile parts of learning. And so bedtime is just the perfect environment for this. You have the book, you have the nearness of the person, you have the person's voice, you have the words on the page, the beautiful illustrations in the book, you have the complete package. And when that is mixed, that experience, that shared experience with love, right before bedtime, the peaceful sleep that can come from that, the calmness, uh, letting go of the day a bit and losing yourself in the stories is paramount. Now also, how many times have you seen pictures or illustrations or movies with people are in a room and they're each reading something different. But they're enjoying that togetherness, that community that, that is united by the written word. Whether you're reading by the fire, or you're reading on the deck. That is such an important part of human communication 
and understanding. And I think they're just those, those sweet moments at bedtime. Uh, I recount a story. I have a dear friend from Arizona in a writing group I participate in, and she was telling us about how she was visiting her grandsons in Pittsburgh. And they were reading a book together and in bed, resting. And when they finished, he gave her such a hug. And she even said, you know, I had forgotten what those hugs from little ones feel like. And he fell asleep holding her in that embrace. And, and then I think of my own husband years ago. I waited table, and I would come home at night, and my husband would be in bed with a little boy on either side, and they were cuddled next to him, all three of them sound asleep, and my husband would have a book resting on his chest. And my heart was just full because I know what an important experience that was. And still is. Oh, and still <laughs> the, the is. With your, it. with your grandchildren, yes. it's, it, it's continuous. <laughs> and I do think that when they associate the written word with love, Mm -hmm. That's very important. Mm -hmm. It isn't just a classroom assignment. It isn't just some dusty tome they have to get through. All right. It is a human experience that we all can share with one another. And it enhances the relationship, which is what we're created for, those relationships. Yes. And I wonder if I would like to say that that love and that communication enhances the learning experience, too, mm -hmm. especially if you ask questions of your fellow younger reader, what they think, how they would act in this situation, uh, what their reactions were to a very startling event. Mm -hmm. And I think, it, and we may be talking about this a little later, but it is so important to give young people age-appropriate literature so that it is within their understanding. Jackie, There's a timely topic. Oh, okay. yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, it is. It is. It's crucial, and, right. and it's part of you know the adult's responsibility to provide and protect, and and we don't want to hurt or injure a child through inappropriate literature that they might be engaged in. Especially when it when it's not within their understanding, it becomes distorted, and we want some clarity and guidance and always we look for the good we look for the good we want to live as a good person we want to follow christ and i think it is imperative that parents and grandparents read the books that their children or grandchildren are reading in school whether they're recommended reads or required reads so you can see hopefully the goodness in the books and reinforce that as well or question maybe something about the books, but you have to have that knowledge. You have to have read the book. Mm -hmm. And it can, having read the book, it can enhance mealtime conversation as well. You know, and, and other members of the family can become interested and learn from yeah. that dialogue. Yeah. I think with that, I'm going to alert my grandson, Jack, uh -huh. in Bismarck, that <laughs> I'm coming at you with some books, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's... You, he's, he's starting you had, to read now. Oh, I mean, yeah, he, you said it during the break that, you know, we walk into the house in Bismarck and we're no longer... We're, we're barely there that someone has a pile of books ready to sit with us and, Grandpa, would you read to me? Grandma, would you read to me? So, yes, that... So, it, 
it's such a great gift to see that happening in these young families. Well, and what is, well, it's fun and it's funny that when they know their favorite books so well, they'll interrupt you when you're reading going, no, Grandma, you left out the part about, you know, and you feel like maybe you should read the book to me. Yeah, exactly. You think you can speed up the process a little bit. Yes. Yes. Especially when it's it's a book they absolutely adore. Mm -hmm. And you just wish you could maybe choose some other titles and introduce them to some others. But Mm -hmm. the important thing is they have a book that is a friend. That's right. Mm -hmm. Yes. And yes. And then we have that common ground, too. So... Um, so any other thoughts about how to engage with that? We talked about bedtime is a good time. Any, any other um, words of wisdom? Well, I can think of something that helped with my students, even seniors, is the fact that if, if you know the book and you get a sense they're not really reading the book, you've got to give them a little golden nugget Mm -hmm. of something intriguing that is about to happen or that has happened. And that might pique their interest, like, well, I didn't see that in the book. I'd like to read that part. So the more you know, too, about what they're reading, the more you can kind of nudge them a little bit. And again, we're talking about proximity, you know, bedtime, being in the same room, enjoying literature, reading material together. Also, telephone chats are great in terms of, do you know I just finished chapter five and I am so confused about what's going to happen. And just wait and see what the reaction is. Mm -hmm. And I never mind spoilers. You know how people say Mm -hmm. spoiler alert? I'm like, go ahead and tell me. I'm still gonna make the journey. Yes, yes. You know, I'll still watch the movie. I'll still read the book. Mm -hmm. But then they go, well, Grandma, this is what he did. Mm -hmm. And then you you just kind of go, and I go, well, I can't wait to read what comes next. Mm -hmm. But I think you need to kind of pique their interest a little bit. Give them questions about what would you have done? But, and, and I think we Which draws them into the story. <laughs> oh, further. absolutely. Yep. The cat in the hat. What would you do if your <laughs> mother, mother asked yes. you? Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. And uh, I think to this kind of thread of, of communion, the sharing of the meal that runs through all world mm-hmm. literature, too, that even if there's a meal being prepared, all right, if you were going to prepare a meal, what would you choose for your family? Mm-hmm. And why? And you get some interesting responses. Well, I would have marshmallows on the sweet potatoes because I know Katie loves them. Mm -hmm. And so you get kind of insights then, and that leads to further questions. Mm -hmm. So it's engagement in the written text, both from your end and then hopefully from their end Mm -hmm. as you start to kind of delve into what they think. Right. Yesterday, Nancy and I had coffee yesterday and talked about some of these things, but I was sharing with her, I was talking to um, Maria, Franny, and Evelyn, our mm. three oldest granddaughters, and uh, they have read the Little House on the Prairie yes. books. And I was so impressed with the way they related that um, one of them said, you know, one thing I noticed was the character of Mary reminds me so much of Maria, mm-hmm. my sister. And when I asked, how so, you know, why, what, what were the similarities? Well, 
Mary was kind of the quieter one, and she liked to stay inside. And and um, and then another one of them said that uh, Laura herself reminded them of their sister Evelyn because she was adventurous and nothing mm-hmm. stopped her. And and I was I was pretty impressed with their ability to connect characters with people in their lives too. From that, yes, Jack. I'm just wondering. This is a little bit uh, off the center here, but. Reading from a phone. Well, it's not. It's not for me. It's not for me. But some people love loading books onto their iPads. I like the old-fashioned turning the page, even if the page is a little yellowed with age, or maybe better because it is. (laughs) You know, dog-eared. I like books because they can collect them. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. And and what one of the saddest things for me to do is to call my books because the, you oh. amass so many mm-hmm. and you no longer have room. And which of your friends have to leave? Exactly. <laughs> because yeah. they all become friends right. to you. Which ones have to go off the mm-hmm. shelf? Mm-hmm. Yes, I have a very hard time with that. Jack can attest to that. We have shelves of books that are double deep in some cases because some it's so of, hard. Some of them she hasn't read yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. But there is, it's going back to that tactile. Right. That's yeah. part of that tactile experience See, we have. In- one of the things when the kids started reading for Christmas, we gave them little stamps from the books of some know, oh, yes. 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 And that's yes. to encourage them to start their collection. Collecting their mm-hmm. own libraries. I think mm-hmm. that's, that's a great idea. I do think, too, talking about the tactile and you were always so good with this, Doreen, when we taught together, is to illustrate what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And then you have that added dimension. And, yes. and you would say, don't worry if you're not an artist. Mm-hmm. It just it, You can write little stick people mm-hmm. and buy a sun that you've drawn. But mm-hmm. do that additional tactile work with what you're reading. And it just reinforces the experience. Right. Well, uh, we're ready for break. Nancy, thank you for being with us oh, today. of course. Yeah, it did go fast, didn't it? Too fast. This yeah. should be 40, at least 45 minutes. I think we okay. should have Nancy on again to talk about grammar. Well, oh, well that you know, would be a Nancy, scintillating. Nancy yes. and I were talking about the great idea of, from this segueing into why it's important to write to your children and grandchildren. Good idea. And that, that'll, segue us in, that'll segue us right into the break. Again, Nancy, <laughs> okay. thank you. Oh, you're welcome. And stay it was tu- a delight. Stay tuned, listeners, for more Real Presence Live. we got Steve Weidenkopf on the other side of the break. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 